The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits, powered by Protus Global. Hey, welcome everyone uh, to Plant Profits. Thank you for joining us today. I'm your host, Vern Davis. My guest today uh, practices law in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, uh, key states in the cannabis space, representing entities, governments, and individuals in litigation, financial services, regulation, and compliance. He's a busy man. License applications and entity formations, creating new stuff, new business. Hey, my guest today is attorney Stephen Shane Esquire. And uh, Stephen, welcome. Thank you for showing up today. Appreciate it very much, sir. Thank you for having me on Plant Profits, Vern. And you know, that is a great voice. I'm telling you, I love how soft that was. Uh, that's interesting. Now, did you get that kind of uh, projectory and trajectory uh, out of Pennsylvania, man? Did you you start life in Pennsylvania or did you somehow get there? Because you spent a lot of early years there. Uh, I'm a native of beautiful Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh. See, you know, when I was looking at your background, man, I was thinking you were from Philly. Well, I am in Philadelphia. Yeah. Long ago, I was Shanghai from my roots on the three rivers. And that's a tragic story. But. I want to hear more about it, but <laughs> no, that's, that's great. I love Pittsburgh. So yeah, man, I've been there a lot. I, I, I'm, I, I'm not a Steelers fan and you need to know that going in. I'm a Cowboys fan. So let, let's leave it there. Okay. But, this podcast is over. And <laughs> profits. You guys can all do better. I think you all know that. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, I thought that would that was good, but I, I I there was a company that was called Calgon out of Pittsburgh that turned into Beecham Products that you know is now a huge conglomerate, huge business, uh, you know that that turned into Smith Klein Beecham, turned into you know this many other things and big company. But I started out going in my professional career, going to Pittsburgh, you know, riding a trolley up, uh, you know, uh, talking, you know, eating, overlooking the three rivers. And, and, um, and I always remember food and Pittsburgh is a good place for food for me. Well, it depends. Now it is. It was okay. a, a you know, okay. steel town point. Then they kind of amped it up with Renaissance one and Renaissance two, in which they had a great many corporate formations there. Um, I think now the food's gotten pretty, pretty good. I don't know that, um, yeah, Primanti Brothers is what you're referring to as a sandwich place. Um, no, I've been to some really, uh, really, wow. I think quality restaurants there besides, you know, the, the famous stuff that everybody talks about. I mean, I, I really, it's, it's not hard to find a good meal in, in, in Pittsburgh. Pretty, pretty easy to find a good meal ever in America. 
<laughs> that unless you go into some pretty remote areas, it seems like very few places I go to. And I travel a lot. Yeah. Practice law in all of the 36 states in which there's legalized marijuana plus all across the globe. And I, I hadn't uh, surprised by the cuisine in Oklahoma. I'm yeah. That's why a lot of places I've been to or how, how incredible it is. So yeah. Again, relatively few places I've been to where I'm like, well, this, you know, a Domino's would be a welcome. That, that hasn't happened in a while. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So uh, that, that's really great to know that you, you, you're engaged in all of the, the legal states of uh, um, marijuana cannabis business. That's, that's, that's really good to know. Now, you're an attorney. Why did you go and become an attorney? Why did you do it? Um, it was drummed into my head. Okay. I didn't have a choice no matter. I was going to be an attorney whether I liked it or not. Family? That's, yeah. It was just one of those things that was expected. So I did it. Yeah. Is it, is it, was it, was it like going into the family business? I mean, do you have other relatives and, and, uh, or siblings or parents that, that chose that profession and you grew up around it? In 1922, my grandmother, I'm staring okay. at her phone actually right now. My grandmother was admitted to the bar of New York. In 1922, female. Looking at the thing right now. So that was how far back my family goes into this. That really accurate. <laughs> yeah, but it was just one of those things. Oh, that's great. Uh, no, that's that that's cool. Uh, now uh, you have been involved, and you, and in in many ways, in interesting ways to me, um, Stephen. It, it appears that sports really played an important part of what you do it's like kind of your thing uh you you volunteered you've created events you you know what's the connection is everybody in pittsburgh a sports person um actually it's kind of a misnomer i i the, if you look at the highlight really yeah. life it wouldn't be practicing law it wouldn't be all the wonderful stuff in the uh yeah in the cannabis industry I belong to a, a very dangerous select fraternity of people who enjoy coaching kids in sports and coaching sports. So yeah. me and my set, the highlight, and to still my friends this day is that we all coach all our kids in all sports, whether we knew the sports or not. So <laughs> whether it was originally soccer, then baseball, then mm -hmm. basketball, and then uh, even coach a little bit of lacrosse. Then yeah. I became a, uh, um, uh, commissioner and kind of ran the divisions. I started my own adult volleyball league, which is a sport I like very much too. Yeah. Uh, in cannabis, believe it or not, we represent athletes for care, which is uh, A4C is a big thing about former and existing athletes who are taking steps about legalized marijuana mm -hmm. and um, industrial hemp. No, that's great. I've, I've talked to some of those but, folks. But, but let me correct you. I'm not an athlete. I'm a wannabe. Those who can't do coach. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. And, and it turns out they turn out to be, you know, uh, if you just take a look at the guy up in, in uh, Boston, uh, that that works. I know he played a little lacrosse uh, in his background, but he didn't I mean, football wasn't his calling. I don't know the people who are great athletes or great coaches. Right. I'm going to assume again, I'm going to have to assume I don't know firsthand, but if you're pretty good at sports, it's got to be somewhat intuitive. And if you're a coach, you're sort of trying to think it through because it's not intuitive. So if you can break it down into steps, 
you can teach other people, at least at the youth level. Yeah. Kind of fits in well with cannabis because it's a lot of coaching and it's a lot of bringing people along. Cannabis started off as mom and pop industries, then multi-state operators. And we know how the rainbow ends. It's going to go. Yeah. Big big tobacco or dietary supplement companies. Yeah. Uh, Do you believe adult beverage is going to be a part of that? There's no question. Yeah. No, I I totally, um, I totally agree. Now, um, you went, explain to me, you went to um, Pittsburgh School of Law. First of all, you went to Penn State and you got your undergrad Penn State. And now, why'd you choose that? Big sports school, was it, was it just you wanted to get away? Because it's out in the middle of nowhere. I chose it because I got in. Um, <laughs> That's a good reason. I kind of did the same thing. I was, I was <laughs> remarkably prescient in my yeah. early years, I'd be going into the drug trade. So mm-hmm. I did a lot of scorched earth, grassroots, hand-on application in my youth. Okay. Didn't help me have the greatest grades in the world. So uh, my big party years, people assume if you're in marijuana, and yeah. I represent marijuana, industrial <laughs> hemp, and also hallucinogens. Yeah. People assume that if you're in your this trade, that's uh, a large part of your social life. It's not for me. Yeah. My salad years is where I did that. So it would be fair to say that I sampled life's pleasures in my youth. Okay. And I was very fortunate to get into Penn State, which is a wonderful school. But uh, it is. That's why I went there. Yeah. So I mean, you went. You went to the biggest. You went to Penn State, Pittsburgh. And you went to Temple, or you did some things. Yeah. Are you still involved academically or well, in those organizations? I went to Penn State undergrad. Yeah. I went to Pitt Law School. Right. I just took a, a. I got a like a master's degree. Fellow. In Royal yeah. Agnesia Temple, I went, which was very separate. I really didn't have the pleasure of okay. really being educated at Temple University. Um, am I still involved? You know, it's funny. Uh, uh, through cannabis, yeah. If you like presenting, I present a lot. It's a lot of what we do, right? Presentations, and actually, I get present at my old law school and at my old college, and nice. it was nothing like I had hoped it would be. I really thought in both situations it would be like Cheers. Uh huh. To the bar and see all my old friends. It wasn't like that at all. <laughs> it wasn't. It was a sterile, like it was just another gig, huh? No, it was so much worse than that, Vern. Because was, you, because of the expectations, was so high. It was. I became everything I hated as an undergraduate and a law student. I became the old fart telling you how it used to be in my day, which <laughs> nobody was interested in. Was like, wow! I literally, I never want to be that guy. But I guess. Oh I my God! I, hey, I've I've done some work. Um, I've done some recruiting uh, and some presentations at my alma mater back in Texas, Lamar, and um, I, a couple of them went really well. Um, the third one that I did and the last one I did, I didn't like it. And I didn't like the reaction I got from the, from the student body. So I, I said, screw it. I'm not coming back. And <laughs> I just was disappointed. Well, the problem with cannabis and yeah. people for years, I've been a lawyer for 32 years. Okay. For 25 years of that. I was, it was called a financial services attorney. I yeah. was at banks. And, right. Um, you, nobody ever said to me, what are you doing for a living? Nobody really knew what I did for a living. Once you get into cannabis, everybody finds it fascinating. Yeah. It's a very different cocktail party culture. Yeah. Everybody is interested because cannabis, 
creates visions of sugar plums to dance in people's Oh, I mean, it, it really does. And we're going to take a break, Stephen. And, and when we come back, we're going to we're going to dive into what you're actually doing in the game of cannabis. And I really appreciate you being here. I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is fueled by Produce Global People's Solutions. My guest today is uh, a really well-known uh, attorney in the cannabis industry. As you heard him say today, he's he's engaged in thir all 36 states of cannabis, of legal cannabis. And uh, his name is Stephen Shine. Thank you. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. The cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the green peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. The, the green, green Peak, Peak with Richard Zwicky. The plant profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, welcome back. I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is fueled by Produce Global. My guest today is cannabis and hemp attorney Stephen Shane. Uh, Stephen uh, has 32 years of experience in the cannabis business. And um, the last few years, he's, he's had a big focus in, uh, in uh, the cannabis space. Uh, of his 32 years. And uh, Stephen, let's talk about, tell me about your journey. How did you get involved? What, what intrigued you to the level or what drove you to say, hey, this is a place where I can help people? Well, let's dispel that. I never okay. planned to help anybody. And I still <laughs> okay. never plan to help anybody. Okay. I make rich people richer. That's okay. all. There's yeah. a lot of wonderful qualities about legalized marijuana and industrial hemp and hallucinogens, and none of it has anything to do with me. I'm just a lawyer, and so, but, but I'm sure many of your guests are wonderful people. Yeah. I'm not. Um, uh, uh, Come on, man. You're planning to stereotypes. Don't do that. No. You're a nice guy. Come on. <laughs> well, you, you know as well as I do, and perhaps a lot of your listenership knows that we have no shortage of malarkey. And yeah. legalized marijuana industrial hemp so the more you can cut through and really get to the point i think you're helping everybody out um in my journey into I said well you know i can i can do the demolition i can hang the drywall but i can get a little bit nervous around the plumbing the electrical on the plumbing and electrical my background is in financial services yeah. litigation but also i was on a number of banks and when i got into legalized marijuana and today one of the biggest issues is cash management, obtaining financial services, that'll be bank accounts, lending and stuff like that too. It's a big deal. Right, and also nobody really understands it, which is right. sort of amusing in itself, but that was sort of how I got into it. And everybody was sort of mystified, you know, like, hey, fellas, this isn't that complicated, but to a lot of people it's complicated. Um, marijuana industry is kind of childlike. And I, I, I you hear the word, if I hear one more time how people are passionate about legalized yeah. marijuana, I yeah. think I'm going to punch somebody in the head. But everyone's <laughs> passionate about it. They have a good feeling about it. You hear yeah. about people, even I used the word earlier, journey. But yeah. if you want to understand marijuana, swap out the word root beer for marijuana. 
So let's say you want to be in the root beer industry because yeah. you were passionate about root about beer. Root beer. Root beer is going to help people. Yeah. I see a big few. I'm getting in the ground. All, all I the put it with ice cream. It's even better. Yeah. Uh, well, ice cream, <laughs> it, would, it, would be, it would be vanilla ice cream. <laughs> so uh, cannabis has been around forever. History of our industry in terms of the commercial sense. It yeah. was, we had the illegal market. Some people call it the traditional market. But the real accepted terms are black white and gray mm-hmm. black market is which is so robust in some areas mm-hmm. we will grow process sell and transport marijuana illegally the white market is where it's done pursuant to licensing and the cat and the product is tested and and somehow regulated and the gray market somewhere in between mm-hmm. some people grow marijuana and they sell it legally and they sell the excess illegally so that's the antecedent of what we're doing and uh, a lot, a lot of people in that are kind of startups, mom and pops, mm-hmm. who are big pictures, but they're not great at doing the fundamentals of business. That's why I say it's really root beer. Mm-hmm. People in cannabis can noodle around forever on the name of their company: green mm-hmm. health, wellness, cannabis, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. But you can't get them to talk to an accountant. You yeah, well, I, I totally get it. But Stephen, I will tell you, is is that. I have talked to hundreds of people on this show and their stories, there's some really heartfelt, passionate stories about well-being and wellness and uh, personal stories about their family members and suffering from and getting, um, you know, getting hooked on on opiates and get all of this. And man, I've heard some stories. Now I'm hearing from you that it's all about money. <laughs> yeah. Hate to wake you up. Um, yeah. Um, come on, man. <laughs> I, wait a second. We're comparing apples and oranges here. Okay. Even, even though I am a, 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 a bit of a cynic, I believe that. Just cannabis, a little bit. <laughs> um, I, I believe cannabis itself is, is sort of wonderful. It, yeah. it does relieve the suffering and pain of a lot of people, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, it diminishes uh, all kinds of uh, uh, reliance on more evil stuff like opium. Mm-hmm. It is a thing that's helped out different communities financially. Hopefully yeah. it's going to help out a hell of a lot more communities that are more severely impacted by the war on drugs. Um, one of the things we're affiliated with called the Last Prisoner Project. Yes. Three African-American men at some point in his life is going to be incarcerated, probably for some chicken shit drug offense. And, yeah. And with all sorts of things we're doing with expungement. There's all two joints, of- two joints. Yeah. Two joints. Yeah. yeah. Two, two, two joints in the wrong color is what we really yeah. need. The, um, <laughs> it can be half a joint in the wrong color. Yeah. And, and the more light that gets shined out, all that stuff is really, really good. And I like mm-hmm. all that stuff. But the yeah. problem is, is that every industry is something that's really good too. I'm a banking lawyer and banks have helped a lot of people along the way. But the problem is a lot of people are being set up for failure in cannabis because all that good stuff that's beneficial society is not how a business runs. Mm-hmm. And what kill most businesses fail. Most cannabis businesses fail more greatly. Yeah. And what kills the greatest, the greatest um, herder of business is capitalization. And if you don't have the money to launch a business, you're going to die eventually. Yeah. And that gets lost. And part of the... Um, and that's part of what I'm, I guess, part of my 
presentation in general is that although I think all that stuff's wonderful, I think people put cannabis on a pedestal and I think that's dangerous. Yeah, I, but don't you think, no, so I'm going to throw this at you. you. You shoot it up, beat holes in it. But so my, my take in it, the way it's structured to get into the retail part of the business or any part of that business, it's structured that the haves get to play on the legal side and it keeps the have nots that, you know, with temptations to go gray or black. And uh, it, it just takes a lot of money to, to have a dispensary, to put a dispensary in place. It's just, it's just, it's, and it takes time and money. And, you know, I, what do you think about that? I mean, it's, it's, it seems like it's set up wrong. So, a couple things. So there, I don't want to uh, take a position. There's a lot of different issues. No, you're an there. attorney. You don't want to do that. No, I, I don't mean that because I see all sides about it. When yeah. you only care about making a buck, you see all sides. Um, yeah. but, but, but <laughs> there's, there's, there's two basic forms of cannabis. It's the same item. One is medical and the other is adult use. In Jersey, they call it personal use. Okay. Just for the record, I command, not request, but I command all of the listenership of Plant Profits to never use the word recreational. That insults our industry. We're not, yeah. we're not selling drugs to kids on a playground. It's the same thing as liquor. You have to be over 21 to buy liquor. Uh -huh. You know, that, I love that point you make because it's just like you should get rid of the word pot. That, that's a, you know, that, that's a great point, recreational. What, why do we have knowledgeable people standing in front of a microphone calling it recreational? Well, let's question whether they're knowledgeable and what okay. way. Let's go back to your other point, too. Okay. And if you accept basically the trajectory of cannabis across the 38 states, the Commonwealth yeah. of Puerto Rico, Guam, and the Marinay Islands, and the District of Columbia, where it's legalized in the United States, it usually starts off as medical. And then at some point, yes. uh, often uh, east of the Mississippi River, medical is often done by some form of statute. It can be done by, by uh, 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 other things west of the Mississippi. They allow referendums. Then it turns into adult use. Mm -hmm. Well, it's my contention that if you are medical marijuana enterprise, what you want to do is get medicine in the hands of as many sick people as quickly as possible. If you're better capitalized, you can do that. So yeah. notion that it's not fair, I don't really buy into it that as much as other people. Mm. Well, you just gave us the other side of it. And, 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 and yeah, that's good. I, I, keep, I keep waiting to hear what is fair. This fairness notion, whether it's used by people on the left, that was a big uh. That was a big line that your former president, Mr. Trump, used to say, I think it's very unfair. Uh -huh. I'm still waiting to see what fair is. As you alluded to earlier, I coach youth sports. I try to yeah. make that fair because they were children. But other than that, <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of fair in my life. That's great. Hey, man, I, I tell you what I want to get into. We're going to take a break. I don't want to get into your involvement with Hoban um, and, 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 and go from there. And I want to really uh, get into some of the things that you believe are really timely, important to what needs to be done in the industry and that you are actually influencing. I, I want to hear about that. I'm Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits, and I'm here with Cannabis and Hemp, attorney Mr. Stephen Shane. Uh, we'll be right back. 
Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, welcome back. This is Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits brought to you by Produce Global. Hey, my guest today is cannabis and hemp attorney, uh, national attorney, Stephen Shane. Hey, Stephen, look, man, you are working everywhere. You come out of the financial uh, banking uh, business. You help banks. You work with banks to do very specific things. Um, I, I'm, I'm really interested in how money, legal money gets into the cannabis space. And I'm really interested in what happens um, and how do you get a loan for opening a dispensary? You know, I mean, who gives you the money and why would they? Okay, so Vern, there's only two types of people in the cannabis industry. They're the people trying to get in and the people trying to get out. Yeah. And there's nobody who has said, gee whiz, I'm going to enter the cannabis industry because I want to build something for my grandkids. Mm -hmm. It is a cash grab. We know how the story ends. So with that, the question is, how do you scale? Getting a license is doable, but the question is, even if you get a license, what happens with it? I have plenty of clients who have got licenses and couldn't sell them fast enough because the fact of the matter is that it's a very hard way to make money. Yeah. Have you ever gone through 280E with your listeners or? No, take us, give us the, the quick version. Let's say uh, Vern wanted to open up a donut shop, Vern's Delicious Donuts. And let's say Vern did $10 million in 2020. I don't know why you pick donuts. So, but, so, yeah. you mean? <laughs> I don't know why you pick donuts, but so I don't let's know say <laughs> with Vern's delicious donuts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's say 10 million. Okay. How much goes into Vern's pocket? Well, we got to lose a million dollars in cost of goods sold, water, sugar, flour. Great. Okay. Now there's 9 million that's taxable. Well, wait a minute. Vern played employees. Mm-hmm. He did insurance. He paid a mortgage. Mm-hmm. He paid utilities. So yeah. you get down to it. Net that's uh, taxable out of the 10 million is maybe 5 million. Vern pays, we hope. million in in taxes, and he nets out 3.5 million on 10 million. Very Hmm. nice. Same exact analogy, but instead of Vern's donut shop, it's Vern's dispensary. Okay, same exact numbers. Hmm. Vern does $10 million in sales. Great. Let's say there's a million dollars in cost of goods sold. Mm -hmm. Now it's 9 million that's taxable. Stop. Under 280E of the IRS tax code, the only business deduction that's allowed is cost of goods sold. So now on that 9 million, Vern's got to pay taxes of 3 million. Now we're down to six. But wait a minute, Vern still has to pay all the, he's got to pay his employees. He's got to pay his utilities. He's got to pay his rent. He's got to pay his insurance. So- It's very expensive. 
marijuana-related businesses often have an 85% effective tax rate. 85%. Wow. 85%. Right. And now, as a country, we're screaming about 33 34%. Now, with cannabis, although the pandemic has kind of changed the figures, but the, the real issue is is really the price per pound how much can cannabis be cultivated and sold for at this point we've seen a couple of years back a glut of cannabis in oregon where you know the spot index last week the average price per pound was about twelve hundred dollars we saw in uh, it ranged from twelve hundred to fourteen hundred in my years but we saw in oregon three years ago it was going as little as seventy dollars a pound wholesale because there's too much cannabis oversupply yeah yeah the yeah. same thing is happening right now in california um uh that's a real issue so when you enter the cannabis business you're not growing processing selling or transporting cannabis it's an invitation to raise money now yeah. going back to root beer Forget for a second, we're in a business, though legal in 36 states is 100% illegal under federal law. Right. This is banking 101. What sort of assets do you, the borrower, possess that meet the lender's uh, underwriting criteria? So in cannabis, everybody wants a loan, but yeah. nobody has assets to secure the loan. We know you can't secure the loan with your inventory or plants because it's 100% federally illegal. Now, you and I were talking to break that because marijuana is federally illegal, Vern, you're not entitled to federal privileges. For example, you can't get a federal trademark. Mm. Also, you can't uh, file bankruptcy. Right. That's a federal privilege. Yeah. So if heaven help us, and it has happened to some of my clients, where the sheriff comes in and seizes all the assets to pay debts, I've seen my clients' crops get burned, inventories get destroyed. Yeah. So that can't be used to secure a loan. So everybody says, gee whiz, why can't I get a loan? It's not fair. Well, have you met the underwriting criteria? So if do you own your own home? Can you do you own any real estate? Mm -hmm. That's the stuff that tends to secure stuff. Unfortunately, it's those people are the haves. Yeah. The haves tend to own the real estate or have yeah. other businesses or sources of income. There is plenty of capital out there, but I've seen people, uh, I was once involved in a swing loan where the interest rate was 175%. Oh my God. Now, that's that was only over a 60-day period. It was necessary to get a crop in, but it was 175%. Now, that's a lot of interest. It was worth it for that client, but... Yeah. <laughs> so that's Man. the thing about cannabis. When everybody says there is a um, fallacy, though, a license uh, for cannabis is an excuse to print money. It's not. Most cannabis business fails. And what nobody seems to understand it is that when people say, why was I excluded? You may be being done a favor by being yeah. excluded from cannabis because it's a hard business to make money in. At this stage in our industry, everybody's fighting to pick up real estate so they can sell to somebody else. It's called the greater fool theory that she was Maybe somebody else is even dumber than me to buy them. <laughs> so right now you're seeing multi-state operators yeah. which generate huge revenues and now finally profit, but they yeah. have to go out and borrow more money to buy more land. Not land, meaning meaning land, land, but more real estate okay. in terms of licenses in different states. Yeah. No, that is true. So uh, 
have you had, or are you in a position in what you do and who you're connected with, have any influence or any uh, activity with the Safe Banking Act? Yes. Okay, tell me about that. Well, the Safe Banking Act is, is, is again, boy, I'm, I'm really, really being the turd in the punch bowl for Planned Profits here, aren't I? Um, the Safe Banking Act isn't oh, that great a thing. Everybody acts like it's the panacea. Yeah. So let me take you down the waterfall, then we'll go to the Safe Banking Act. Because marijuana is 100% illegal under federal law. Yeah. That's the top of the waterfall. Right. If you go down to what's called the Bank Secrecy Act, which is involved in money laundering, strictly speaking, every deposit or withdrawal of money of any sale of cannabis would be money laundering under a strict interpretation of that statute. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Now, wow. the Treasury Department came out with a guidance called the FinCEN guidance, which said, well, we're not saying banking marijuana is legal, but if you do it under these circumstances, uh, uh, we will be less restrictive on you. And basically they say that banks have to do all kinds of due diligence before taking on a marijuana related business. And with every deposit or withdrawal, they have to file what's called a suspicious activity report. Now, confusion about cannabis banking, it's not really an issue of legality, it's an issue of profitability. Very few banks can profitably bank cannabis because of the restrictions. What the Safe Banking Act does is take the FinCEN memorandum, which strictly speaking has no weight of law and makes that the official law. Well, gee whiz, thanks a million Treasury Department. So now it's official. It's pretty damn expensive to bank marijuana. The Safe Banking Act is okay, but it's not the game changer everybody thinks it is. It's a step in the right direction. But the real issue is why is banking cannabis so expensive? I've had clients paying anywhere between $2,500 to $10,000 per month just to have a depository. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have also, I have clients in the industry and I, I've heard uh, the stories, but it's important for people to know that, and I hear it every day, uh, Stephen, is, is that this is the, the entrepreneurs and folks who take the dimes is it's the most difficult thing they've ever done, ever. Yeah. Well, uh, there, there, I, I have tremendous respect for the people in the cannabis industry, believe it or not, because it would be the equivalent of you and I walking along a cliff and think, oh my God, we could fall off. They don't see that. They go forward. They're yeah. unafraid of falling off the cliff. They're risk takers. They have qualities I wish I had. I do not. I, I'm, I, I don't have a high risk tolerance. Um, so I have tremendous respect for everybody in the industry. Having said that, though, most of them lose their shirt. Yeah, no, oh, the, the, the percentages are bad. And, and you know, Stephen, uh, this is so consistent with our time today. Uh, we're going to end on that note, <laughs> <laughs> which I love. I actually love it, man. I actually uh, yeah, love it. <laughs> I know. I, I've completely depressed everybody. It's, uh... <laughs> it's okay, man. It, it's going to be, be okay. Let me just say this. 
which is that it really bothers me. And I'm to blame for it too, because I presented the trade shows and stuff. But every time a new state gets legalized marijuana and the carnies roll into town saying, you too can be a marijuana millionaire, just pay pay for my course or buy it. It's just not true. It's like any other business. If you have capitalization and strong business fundamentals, you'll do better. It's not the Wild West. No, no. It feels like the Wild West, but the Wild West, you're the... Uh, you're the one that gets no water and you die out on the desert. Uh, but you got to have fuel for this. And you, you're you're absolutely so right. Hey, I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. And my guest today, Stephen Shane's an attorney who, who's engaged nationally in the legal cannabis space uh, and the hemp uh, environment. And man, I really appreciate um you being here, and I want to thank all of you for joining us. You can download episodes of Plant Profits by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribe to the show on all major podcast outlets, including Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts. Download Plant Profits and listen to uh, our show. Now, I really appreciate that. And you can follow Produce Global on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, anywhere you uh, engage social media, we are there. We are building companies and we're changing people's lives at protisglobal.com, P-R-O-T-I-S, global.com. Until next time, cheers. Thank you. Thanks, Vern. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.